Today is Sunday, November 24, 2019. On this day in 1971, D.B. Cooper hijacked a commercial airliner, then disappeared into the night with a $200,000 ransom. He was never seen again. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the legendary skyjacker and mysterious criminal known only as D.B. Cooper. Let's go back to November 24, 1971, a little after 3 p.m. The plane sat on the tarmac, waiting for the passengers to board. As people filed on one by one, the stewardesses welcomed them to their flight and led them to their seats. Among the last of these passengers was a man who looked rather nondescript. He wore a suit with a white shirt and a black tie. He had the looks and demeanor of a man in his 40s. He sipped on a bourbon and soda while he waited for takeoff. The plane ascended with a rumble entering the deep darkness of rolling storm clouds. One of the flight attendants made her rounds, making sure that everyone was buckled in. As she walked past that nondescript man, he waved her over. He smiled as he handed her a small scrap of paper. She smiled back and put the paper in her pocket. She assumed he was merely giving her his phone number and began to walk away. But then, she heard his voice, deep and foreboding. He said, Miss, you'd better look at that note. I have a bomb. Her eyes went wide as she read the note from her pocket. It told her to sit down in the open seat next to him. As she sat, he lifted up an attaché case. The latches clicked as he undid them. He slowly opened the case to reveal a package full of red-colored sticks. It looked like dynamite to the flight attendant, and a great jumbled assortment of wires streaming all over the place. The flight attendant gasped. She realized the plane and all its passengers were in real danger. She sat, shaking in fear, as the man wrote out another note. He demanded four parachutes and $200,000. She brought the note to the pilots and told them about the bomb. They radioed down to the airport. Like a game of telephone, the demands were passed along to the company, Northwest Orient Airlines, and then to the FBI. In order to avoid a potential mid-air and PR disaster, Northwest Orient Airlines decided to comply with the man's requests. They gathered the money and acquired some parachutes. As the plane landed in Seattle, most of the passengers were still unaware that they were being held hostage. The stewardess kept them on board until the money and parachutes could be brought to the plane, then released them when the ransom finally arrived. As the exchange was happening, the FBI tried to determine the identity of the mysterious man with the bomb. They checked the flight log and discovered he had purchased his ticket under the name Dan Cooper. 
but that was merely an alias. Even the FBI couldn't determine the Skyjacker's true identity. With the money in hand, Cooper commanded the pilots to take off once again. As the plane rose into the sky, two military planes and a helicopter flanked it. Cooper had asked for parachutes, and the FBI knew exactly what he intended to do with them. If they followed the plane closely enough, they could watch Cooper jump and apprehend him when he hit the ground. Yet Cooper, and it seemed nature itself, had different plans. Cooper commanded the pilots to lower the plane's landing gear, forcing them to fly at incredibly slow speeds. As the plane dragged through the air, the military aircraft tailing them found they could simply not follow at such slow speeds. The aircraft flew past Cooper's plane, and at 8 p.m., under the cover of clouds, Dan Cooper leaped from its rear, money in tow. With that jump, Cooper vanished into the night. He was never seen or heard from again. His daring crime left many people wondering, who was Dan Cooper? We'll explore the theories about Cooper's true identity after this. Now back to the story. On November 24, 1971, a criminal known only as Dan Cooper successfully ransomed $200,000 from an airline. The amount was equal to $1.2 million today. He took the money and dove out of the plane mid-flight, never to be seen again. Word of the daring heist soon spread to papers around the world. In one account, the reporter accidentally referred to Dan Cooper as D.B. Cooper. The error stuck with the public, forever cementing the name. Intrigued by this mysterious criminal and desperate to track the dangerous man down, the FBI launched a massive investigation. FBI agents scoured the plane for any potential clues. They interviewed the flight crew, the other passengers, and the airline employee who sold him the ticket. They had a police sketch drawn. Helicopters flew over the forest where he jumped, searching for any sign of him. Over the course of five years, the Bureau investigated more than 800 different suspects. The vast majority of those suspects were quickly eliminated. After tracking down leads, investigating suspects, and double-checking alibis, the FBI concluded that only 24 people across the nation could be considered plausible suspects. However, they lacked the concrete evidence necessary to prove that any one of them actually was the infamous D.B. Cooper. The case stalled out completely, and the investigation was put on the back burner at least until 1980, a full nine years after the heist had occurred. A young boy who had been playing in the forest stumbled across a strange package lying on the forest floor, covered in dirt and leaves. It had clearly been in the forest for quite a long time. Inside were stacks of $20 bills. The boy was shocked and elated to find the money, but upon closer examination, 
he discovered that many of the bills had begun to rot away. The money was no longer usable. Still intrigued by his findings, he brought the cash home with him. Word of the money spread quickly and eventually reached the ears of the FBI. They investigated the package and counted the money. It was stuffed with $5,800 worth of $20 bills. Energized, they ran the serial numbers through their database. They were stunned. The bills matched those given to D.B. Cooper, a small portion of his legendary missing stash only $6,000 of his $200,000 total had finally been found. The rest of the money has never been seen again. Based on this discovery, many FBI agents believe D.B. Cooper never made it out of the forest alive. They think the most likely explanation for his disappearance is that he died during the fall and rotted away somewhere in the forest. Some believe that Cooper fell into Lake Merwin, a lake that happened to be directly under the plane's flight path. Had he landed in the water, the money tied to his waist would have dragged him to a watery grave. And still others think Cooper survived the jump, hiked out of the forest, and returned to his life as normal. If this was the case, Cooper likely lost the money in the jump. This could explain why neither Cooper nor his ransom have been found to this day. Whatever the case may be, the story of D.B. Cooper is one that has ingrained itself into America's cultural subconscious. His suave and daring escape will forever leave us wondering who was that strikingly confident man? Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed today's episode, check out the ParCast original, Gone, which delves deeper into D.B. Cooper's disappearance. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Mahler, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Giles Hovseth. I'm Vanessa Richardson.